I'm going to go with the message that the title I gave you earlier. I've struggled yesterday. I had this thing in my heart, soul man, number one. Man, it was a tremendous truth. Everybody needs to hear that. And so Wednesday night we came and Joel, Joel went over it again for us and, and got it in our minds. And, and I mean, I, I, I love the fact that I can preach a message and then when I sit and listen to Joel, my spirit explodes and I get even more illumination and, and understanding. I appreciate that. And uh, it, it just solidifies something that I have known at the level I was at for many, many, many years, you know. I, and uh, so a lot of us, you know, we, we get off on just the knowledge of it. A lot of people do, just to know things. And, and, but now as they become flesh and dwell among us, I mean, it's more, so powerful and it's so clearer to see. And I appreciate that so much. So, you know, I really believe this is the word of the Lord. And so today I was going to do soul man number two. And I, and I got to tell you, when I got home, and I replayed the message and listened to it, and I saw that I had almost gone an hour and a half. I, I'm telling you, I thought it was going to be a short message. And, and it really was for the whole message. So, uh, y'all hear me whining up here, don't you? But I've been so moved in my heart and my spirit right now about a lot of things. And, and uh, so Joel, you know, I send him my notes every, every Saturday, and so he has them that he can, you know, add to and, and develop from the base of that on Wednesday nights. And, and uh, so he said, okay, okay, you know. And I'm like, dude, you may not get notes this week. I am messed up. I was outside where I, the Holy of Holies out there, the altar incense with smoke was rising, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, as I was there, man, I just, <clears throat> Yeshua just messed me up. And I already had my message done. I mean, I had, the, it had it down. I did it. I had it finished last week. Part two, one and two was done last week. I was like, hey. So I was going to say, okay, what do y'all want to hear? Part two of Soul Man or do y'all want to hear about Russia? And so my wife said, you might as well talk about Russia. And not just Russia, but I'm going to talk about the world events and where we are, what I believe, what the Bible says, and... As I was praying yesterday, I said, Yeshua, if you don't come, because he don't know what day he's coming. Y'all know that? I have a lot of people have get mad at me when I say that. Yeah, but we can't. You're not, we're not going to be taken as a thief in the night. You know why? Because we've already prepared. How many of you realize? We, are we broadcasting guys? Okay, good. We, how many of you know that you're not, a thief in the night isn't going to come against me? Let me tell you why. Because I've already I got my guns laid out. I got my doors locked with the bars on them. I got my cameras on. You see what I'm saying? It don't mean that we know. The Bible says no man knows the times or seasons. And all through history, I recognize that when we're in the midst of our little speck and blip, blip, bleep of time historically, we can look at all our surrounding things and think, well, this is it. This is the one. This is the one. They've thought it for years. But I told Yahshua, I said, you better talk to Yahweh and tell him if, if he don't let you come now, he's missing a good opportunity because all the stars seem to be aligning. I've never seen it in my life. And, and listen, I told you, I have mixed emotions about this, man. I want to I, I say, yes, you'll come. Come quickly. Let's do it. Get it over with. But then I, there's something in me that don't want him to come yet. Because 
I know there's so many people who are behind in their tithing payments. I'm serious. So many people just lay out of church for no good reason. So many people just worldly and we've been entangled in our culture. And, and look, it's difficult. I know that. And so my cry is, you know, there used to be a, a song when I was in 10th grade. My chairman of the board. Have you ever heard the group chairman of the board? Give me just a little more time. You know, there's a baby. So that's kind of my theme song right now. Oh, well, give me a little bit more time. Give me a little more time. I'm going to try to convince people. And if the people that I'm focused on are you, us, our, our ecclesia. I don't know what my measure of rule, how much bigger it is than that, but it's big enough. So I'm like, you know, the way that things look, I told you, you know, last week about, uh, or the week before last, about how it seems what the possibility could happen, even though we know that, are y'all interested in this? My opinion of this and the Bible says, oh, uh, it probably won't last as long as soul man number two. So, but there's a, a uh, possibility, the conditions are right. And these are things that I have studied for years. I studied this for years, very in depth, because I believe in the imminent return of Yeshua. And I believe I want to know what the Bible means. I've devoted my life to one another. I want to understand what that means, what this means, what the other means, what that is. I think that's probably just a gracelet from God to me so I can do what he's called me to do for you. But he's put something in me that I got to know type of thing. He put something in me that, that I'm just, I, 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 have to, I have to know. I can't, you know, Dick Brinkley said something to me Sunday after church. It messed me up, man. I spent a couple of hours trying to find out the truth of that because I did not know the answer to it. He asked me this. He said, do you think that Islam beheads people because it's some kind of retribution for Goliath? I mean, man, I don't know, but I got to know. And I couldn't find anything on it. And I mean, even in, uh, uh, in people who are Islamic people and uh, the Muslims, I couldn't find anything that related, but I wouldn't be surprised. So I told you that Israel did. Israel went and attacked. Let's see, Hamas attacked Israel. Israel now is attacking Hamas. And I told you that the Hamas and Syria's number one ally is Iran. And you see now they're already getting their nose in the middle of it. And then Hezbollah, you know, Israel has counteracted now, and they've gone into Lebanon and tech, they're attacking Hezbollah, and Hezbollah's got uh, training grounds and headquarters in Tehran, which used to be called Little Moscow, and there's that axis of three that I warned you about. I've been telling you this for many, many years. Russia, Iran, you remember the third one? Turkey. And sure enough, this week, I hadn't heard anything about Turkey, who actually is a Hamas sympathizer. They, they welcome them in. I don't know if they're supporting arms to them, but they don't have to because Iran is doing that, who get their arms from Russia. So I always listen for this. Iran, it don't bother me. Russia, it don't bother me. But when it says Iran, Russia, and Turkey, my ears perk up. So I said, then when Iran would attack, see, Hamas attack Israel. Israel attack Hamas. Iran attack Israel. Israel, they're going to attack Iran. If they, attack, if, they, if they attack them, they're going to attack them. Israel's going to attack them. They done gone buck wild. Have y'all noticed? Israel has gone buck 
crazy. And they attacked Iran. And there's the possibility of Russia, who's right there, 1,200 miles away, and drop right down into Israel and attack Israel. And that would seem like it would be the time, according to the scriptures, that Yahshua would come. I can't tell you it is, even if Russia attacks Israel now, it may not be the time that they attack Israel that Yahshua is going to come. We don't know. That's why I'm always ready. But while we're here, I thought I would just share with you some things. And these are things that, I've, like I said, I've studied years and years ago, and I had to go into my notes and, and find some stuff. But I'm basically dealing with, the importance to me about this is for you to understand the kingdom of God, which is the gospel. It's not, it's not going to heaven. That's not the promise. All of those who have died before Yahshua returns are asleep, waiting to be awakened for judgment. And as I was sitting there last night and meditating before the Lord, I believe this is what Yahshua said to me. Yahshua, Yahweh, my own thoughts. I want to tell you this. If it bear witness with my spirit, and what I'm trying to teach you to do is to know how to fellowship God out of your human spirit and quit trying to serve God out of your soul. Because I have determined, as I diagnosed us, that's our problem. We're soulish. We do things out of intellect, emotions, and will. We don't do anything by being able to hear what God says about what to do and what's real or not. That's the way that I have was able to learn the true gospel, by what my spirit said. But whenever the Holy Spirit, is speak, God speaks to me by His Spirit, He communicates. Communicates with me by that spirit. This is what I always do when I hear his voice. I go make sure that what he's saying is scriptural. I never ever just take the word of the Lord. Because if what the word of the Lord is to me is, the word of the Lord can be this. Yes, it's okay, Johnny. I'll forgive you this time. And you can keep sinning all you want and live in sin. And I'll just love you with an unconditional everlasting love. I want to tell you what. That is not the Holy Spirit. That's still your soul talking. And he can do it in the King James Version. How many of you know that? Yea, I say unto thee, Johnny. So I always know that the prophetic are the words that we have access to, not just me. We have access to is beyond that veil and what I've been teaching to you about. And so I fellowship God not out of my soul, but I fellowship God out of my human spirit. And this is what we've learned. The order has to be spirit, soul, and body. The human spirit has to be what's in control. And, but the soul is the one that determines who's controlling your life. Either your body is or your spirit is. And when the body controls, the, when the soul chooses to let the body control it, then it's, you're out of order, and that's called sin. So as I'm sitting out fellowshipping in the way I do it, the way I think it's scriptural, the way that it has worked for me many times. If it don't bear witness with that thing in me, that, if it don't bear witness when I'm in the holy of holies, I'm going to tell you something. I, pretty much, it's guaranteed it ain't true. When we, do have, we do have a conscience and intuition. They call it women have intuition. You know, that's, that's usually just suspicion that can be correct most of the time. But out of that, this is what Yahshua said to me. When we come into Jerusalem... After the judgment seat of Christ at Mount Sinai, I'm probably going to get arrested for saying these things this morning. I'm joking. Will y'all bail me out? So it, 
what happens, the Jews will reject him. Just like they did the first time. Because see, our picture of, of Jesus that's been painted on our hearts and minds uh, and on the walls of our soulish man, we have him coming in, Lord, you know, flying down. He's going to come down and every eye shall behold him in his glory and the beauty. And he's going to come and he's going to get to the Mount of Olives. And when he does, it's going to split. How many of you had that in your mind? And he, go, he looked just like the painted pictures. But I'm going to tell you what, he ain't coming like that. He is going to come as the son of man. And he will sit on the throne of David that the Bible says will be vacant until he sits on it and then it will be forever and now never shall, will never come to an end. So when we walk together with him into Jerusalem, it's not going to be in tanks, Black Hawk helicopters. It's not going to be, you know, in limousines. We're just going to be regular people walking in except one thing. We have been given the gift of immortality. And when he walks in and says he's who he is, Israel and the Jews, especially when he does this, my name is Yahshua. They're going to reject him. They do not accept him as their Messiah. They're not just going to fall down and worship immediately. Oh, you were right. You're the one. Oh, because they still ain't going to believe it. So I started having these thoughts in my mind that I felt guilty about because I see the reaction of what Israel's doing to people today. And I will tell you, I, 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 I'm, no, I'm not educated enough about it, but if, the, if what I'm hearing from the people who are in charge and doing things, I'm going to tell you, man, it, it's, it's crazy what they're doing. Crazy in the sense that, you know, let's just don't go slaughter everybody. Crazy in the sense, I, I know I'm, I'm going to make some people mad right here. I'm going to tell you. And I'm, my question is this. This is my question. Just because God, I mean, the Jews are God's chosen people, don't mean he agrees with what they're doing right now or any other time. You know what I'm saying? And just because, you know, they're the Jews and God's chosen people, I feel like there, there may be some advantage being taken of, of Christians about that. The Bible says don't, don't hate the Jews. I don't hate the Jews. God don't hate the Jews either. But I'll tell you what, he sure tore their butt ups. He would raise other armies up to discipline them and give them a good spanking. And I want to say this, we, we better be sure that we don't think we're exempt from that in America either. This nation has gone so stupid, they don't even know if they're a man or a woman. Think about this. No, I'm a man. No, you're not a man. Yes, I am too. No, you're a mental case. If you really believe that, but the fact is, most of those people don't really believe it. They're just trying to identify with something that, that makes them different or makes them stand out. They're trying to find their identity. That's why the prodigal son went off and took all of his inheritance and wound up in the pig pen. I'm going to tell you, it was the reason why he was there is because he never understood his place in the Father's house. And I believe that about ecclesia. When people don't understand their place in the ecclesia, they will go out and eat with the pigs. He come to his senses. The senses is what? He had a place in his Father's house. That's when people always come home. So I have this concern, and, and Yahshua told me this. The Jewish people will, will reject me in the beginning. Initially, in the beginning. And I added this. Yeah, and 
Christians are going to accuse him of being the Antichrist. And y'all know why? Because I've already taught you that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because everything how Lindsay and Harvard and all those guys that wrote those books that we never read, but they influence what we believe. How many of you know that's true? How many of you read, read Dante's Inferno before? Anybody? No, I don't think so. But it's influenced what you believe. If it went for Dante's Inferno, you probably wouldn't even believe there's a burning hell and people go there. So we have these things and they tell, told us this stuff. And I want to tell you why they do it. Because they're too lazy to read the scriptures. They got a book to write or they got to do this. So they just take information, throw it out there. And now instead of the Bible, it's a lot easier. See, see studying the Bible is like learning to play the piano. How many of you understand that? You know, we don't want to learn how to play the piano. We want to learn how to make some chords and then get it over with. Understanding the scriptures takes time and effort, patience, and a long time. So we got this whole belief system and everything that Hal Lindsey's book, Late Great Planet Earth, and uh, I forget the name of the, the Baptist guy, Harvard, Harvard, Walvard, I can't think of it right now. Anyhow, his, what they did, they, everything they say about the Antichrist, the Bible is referring to Yeshua. Do you believe that there's another human being or that Satan can do miracles? Thank you. But yet we put a him in that position of him that Satan can do miracles. The Antichrist is going to do miracles. He can't do miracles. Satan can't do much. Oh, the lying wonders. That's right. And they're lying wonders. They're lying wonders. So my thing is we got this, we got this whole concept. And so they'll think that Yahshua is Antichrist because he's not coming in with, you know, the halo on his head and all that. And he's, they're probably going to think it when they see you walking with him. That was supposed to be a joke. So we have this, this thing building up over there. And it could escalate quickly. U.S. is already there. The SS, USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier is sitting right off the coast right now. It could escalate quickly. When you go up to the Ukraine area and you see the biggest, stupidest, thing that my opinion it's just like the pandemic Yahshua told me the same thing about the Ukrainian war follow the money it's all about money how many who BlackRock is have you heard of BlackRock they're the people that made billions rebuilding uh, uh, Iraq when we, tore, when we beat that when we uh, blew them up don't think that there's not going to be a shift of oligarchies out and other billionaires in and corporations who rule this world. And I will never trust our government as long as corporations rule the world. Who's over there right now? BlackRock, Monsanto. How many of you know what Monsanto is? Monsanto, I knew a man who, uh, he, his, his wife was a pastor in Apalachicola. And I've been there preaching when I was a young man. He was a, she was the pastor and he, his job was to take care of thousands of acres that Monsanto, Monsanto is a chemical company. I, I think Monsanto, or it might have been the other one, that created Agent Orange. Isn't that correct, Chester? That's Monsanto, wasn't it? And, and they had those big chemical plants there. As a matter of fact, while we were living up in Baghdad, Milton area, the largest lawsuit in, in America took place there when this, these trains of... In Pensacola, there's this big bluff, and this train would go around the bluff 
like this, and they had to go back around this way. And there were just beautiful multi-million dollar homes on the bluffs up there. And this train was down below. And when you get to a certain point on a train and it gets right here and here's the engine and here's the caboose, so to speak, instead of pulling around, what happens is it starts pulling across and it pulled those carts. There were about 30 anhydrous ammonia filled tanks in those cars. It spilled and killed all the people in those beautiful homes. It was a big lawsuit. These chemicals, all these things. And listen, I don't talk like this much. I don't, I don't get into politics much. I don't talk about it much. But today, I think it's important because if you think for a minute that somehow we have some type of control or say so in what's happening in our country and what we do, then you are stupid and blind and wannabe. I told a guy, I said, you, you don't care who runs our country as long as you get to keep your house and your car and get to have money to go do what you want to do. You don't care what happens. And I believe that to be true. Don't bother me. So we've got these countries going over, I mean, these guys going over there. And when, and yesterday, or this week, the State Department released a document saying that very thing. I could not even believe it. Yeah, we're over there, and this is what we're doing, basically, is what it said. We're going to get those rich guys that run the place now are getting all the profit from, and we're going to let our rich guys. Maybe something like uh, happened in Hawaii, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, what's that about? Well, the rich, the real rich in corporate America run. And listen, y'all know I don't talk about this much. So we got Russia there. They got a war there. Israel needs more missiles. We ain't got none. Our, ours were sent to, in Poland right now, and they're sending missiles in Poland to fight the Russians to Israel because we ain't got none to give them. Most of our uranium, uh, uranium is, is purchased from who? Russia. I saw a news report the other day where Russia says, we're going to quit selling America uranium. And then the company who sells uranium said, no, 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 that was wrong. They didn't mess that up. So guess, what, guess how our smart leaders do? I tell you what we're going to do. We just, we're going to quit buying it from you. How many of you know that we have no nuclear energy without uranium? We don't have uranium. It takes four years to even get the plant started again because of the present administration and, and they, they shutting everything down. We don't have a pipeline for oil out of Canada anymore. We are not self-sufficient right now. And I'm going to tell you something. If something happens here, nobody's going to come rescue us. Johnny, why are you, why are you talking like that? That's because it's reality. It's potential. Now, I hope it don't happen. Never in my life have I seen the stars align. Russia's got this huge military machine now. I'm not saying America don't. But when the angels of God start aligning things, I was talking to Jordy one day at my house. And I said, Jordy, prophecies in the Bible come to pass. Not necessarily because God is a fortune teller and he, can, he knows the future magically. The reason he knows it's going to come to pass is because he's going to be the one that makes it happen. You understand what I just said? I can predict right now that I'm going to, that I'm going to pour this coffee on the floor in two minutes. And I'll get my watch out and, or clock out or phone out and, I'll, and wait to two minutes. And then 
I will pour the coffee out, which means what? I foretold the future. See, that's how God operates. I'm not saying he doesn't know and have, have a, uh, you know, he had, I believe he has foreknowledge, but I think it's not as spooky as we think it is. And so what I know is this. If God's going to somehow embolden Russia, and the angels of God are the one who determine and push and shape in all these nations and make the decisions they make and all that, God is in control of that. So if he's going to embolden Russia to do something, he's either going to build up their army to do it, or he's just going to give them some kind of uh, power and weaken somebody else's army. It's going to happen. If this is the time, it will happen. Nobody can stop it. Money can't stop it. Nothing can stop these things when God makes them come to pass. So if what Russia's going to do, if this is the time, for whatever reason, they will be emboldened. The Bible uses the country Egypt, that Egypt's going to be part of that, uh, Libya, Persia, which is Iran. But anyhow, let, let me just share a little bit this morning, because I want us to be smart and informed. When Yeshua returns, it's not going to be every eye shall see him. It's going to be like a thief in the night. And he's going to raise the dead. And he's going to give eternal life to all who've lived in accordance to his teaching. It's 1 Peter 4, 17. Revelation twenty two twelve says, Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. Nowhere in the scriptures, and I've got to do a commercial right here always, did he teach that we're going to go to heaven to get our reward. He, the Bible says he's going to bring it with him when he returns the second time. Nowhere in the Bible, and I've taught you this over and over and over, does, man, does it teach that man possesses an immortal soul that's going to find its eternal dwelling either in heaven or hell? It does not, but I tell you what it does teach. Matthew 5, 5, we're going to inherit the earth. Yeshua never said you're going to go to heaven when you die. It seemed like he'd mentioned it somewhere. It's not the, certainly not the case today. But it's going to be when Yahshua sits on the throne of David and starts reigning and ruling from Jerusalem. He's going to get eternal life, everlasting inheritance. If you're obedient and if you're disobedient, you get eternal punishment, which is what? You stay dead forever. Not everybody's going to be raised. Man who understandeth not. Bible says in Psalm, he's like the beast that perish. I'll give you all those things, you know. When a man dies, he perishes. He knows nothing. He has no thoughts. I've given you all those words in the past. But, but a person who has understanding about the things of God, whether he obeys or don't obey, he's going to get resurrection. And if any reject the appeal that God says to come and, and, and follow him, and leave your own life and do what he's called you to do. Yeshua warned us. He said, it shall judge him in the last day, John 12, 48. To the obedient, Yahshua is going to return with salvation, but with the disobedient, with condemnation. Hebrews 9, 28. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Romans 2. He will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance, patient 
continuance in well-doing seek for honor and glory and immortality. And he will grant eternal life. But to them that are contentious and don't obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. The resurrection will take place, in my opinion, at Mount Sinai. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. The Bible's so clear. People who follow Christ, ecclesians, is not Christianity. And those who say they're Christians are going to believe the Bible and they spend time studying all that kind of stuff or, or say yes or however, you know, get saved at an old-fashioned altar or whatever. They have to do it acceptably in spirit and in truth. The basic doctrines of Christendom do not are, and are disagreeing and are not what the Bible teaches. And that's what we've spent all these years trying to talk about. People's minds are so clouded with wrong ideas and, you know, about the Trinity and the immortality of the soul and the return of Christ. Only the true gospel comprises the true, true way and only way to have immortality. So when Yahshua comes and he resurrects the dead and, and we are caught away, I don't know if we're going to take Southwest. I don't know if we're going to, I don't know. I believe we would, will be translated and I, we'll talk about that one day, but, but I think we're going to go to Mount Sinai. And while we're receiving either eternal life or eternal damnation, the Middle, the Middle East is going to be in a crisis, plunged into war. And it's going to come to the point, the zero point, that the invasion is going to be by what a lot of people call today a Euro-Asian group of people. That's what they call people, uh, Turkey, Russia, and all that. Interesting enough, you know, do you know that Russia is an Orthodox Christian nation? Is that crazy? Their religion is Christianity, but their politics is communism and Marxism. The rich people owning everything. Sound familiar? By force. So the Bible introduces this great national judgment. International, really. And people use the term Armageddon because that's where it's all going to come to a close. For that battle. There's numerous places in the Bible. But there's three particular places. Ezekiel 38 talks about it. Daniel 11 talks about it. And Joel 3 talks about it. And I believe that people, even Christians and uh, people around the world, have a consciousness. And they, when you talk about Armageddon, they think that they know what it's talking about, even though if they're inaccurate in what they know. They know that there's a present confrontation between these world powers. It's the end of the world. It's the great war. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And they believe it's going to involve, of course, Russia. And most people believe Israel. They believe that. Some of the stuff that's going around today, it's happening right now, again, is in the Bible. The Bible talks about it. In Ezekiel 38, Ezekiel predicts this invasion. It says, in the latter days, that shall involve all the world in war. That's chapter 38, verse 16. Then he talks about it's directed by one called Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Everybody believes that. 
And I say everybody, you know. Nowadays, it's just so different now with people. Have you noticed this? You know, Kim Johnson told me something the other day that, that Landon is doing this paper for college. And they did a thing where they asked people the most important thing in, to them in their life. Every country they asked said family, except one country didn't, and that was the United States. And it just interested me. I said, well, what did they say? She said, their answer was individualism. I'm like, should have guessed that one. That's why we can't have ecclesia. That's why we can't have unity. That's why, because people are concerned with their own individualism. And I'm trying to think about how in the world are, is uh, Syria, the Hamas, and Israel and all that, how are they going to get together and talk about this? Because blowing stuff up ain't going to stop it. It may prolong it, but it ain't going to stop it. So how are we going to discuss something to try to come to a conclusion of peace if you don't care about my part? Anybody married but me? If, if I only care about getting my way, how many of you know that my marriage ain't going to work so good? I'm speaking to somebody today. And I've never seen a society and a generation, not only in the young people coming up, but also in the government that we have, in leadership, and even in churches where people just aren't concerned about your, what you need. I'm concerned about what me, myself, and I, the great trinity of the soul, what I need. Now, Gog and Magog, you know, that, when you get, when you get a uh, Google Earth or something like that, it's not going to say Gog of the land of Magog on there. But those names were known in Ezekiel's time. He called and described Gog as the chief prince. And in the revised version of the Bible, the original translation, Prince of Ross, Meshach, and Tubal. The word Ross is the most ancient form in the first name that they called Ross, Russia. Meshach is identified with the, the city called Moscow. And Tobolsk is identified with the word Tubal. And Tobolsk is still a city in Russia. It used to be the capital of, uh, what do they call it, uh, Siberia. I found that in Russian Bibles that were printed before 1917, before the communists take over and all that, they called it that. The Prince of Meshach, Moscow. Tubal, Tubolsk. Tobolsk, or how you say it. I don't, I don't speak German. I mean Russian. So they understood who the principles were, who, were gonna, who the Bible was talking about in that time. Other nations that the Bible says is going to be represented uh, and be part of the confederate, confeder uh, confederated force here uh, with Russia when it attacks the Middle East, Persia, verse 5 talks about Persia, Libya, Ethiopia. Persia, it's Iran, Russia is, is established in verse 15. This is, thou shalt come from thy place out of the uttermost parts of the north. And thou shalt come against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. And it shall be in the latter days. And what's interesting, if you go to a mount. And it says the uttermost parts of the north. And you get in Jerusalem and you point toward Moscow. It is directly to the uttermost north. And it goes right through Turkey also. So we got the north and the uttermost north. 
right to the heart of Russia. So to understand who these people are and who's going to be attacking, the Bible is very clear. And, the, the, and it says it's going to happen in the latter days. Now listen to this. Ezekiel also describes the condition of Israel at the time. Thou shalt say, I will go to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people who, that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods, that dwell in the midst of land, my people of Israel. And what it is, it's talking about the people who were dispersed from, uh, uh, from Israel. And we knew back in Reagan's time that, you know, all the Jews begin to have this big thing to come back home. Even on TV, they say, sponsor a Jew to return to Israel. And so they've labored and they've made this nation. The modern restoration of the people and the nation of Israel. It's fulfilled prophecy already done. So Ezekiel identifies the conditions of what, when the powers from the north, the prince of the north. The Bible talks about, in Ezekiel 38, about there's going to be protests that are going to be by other nations about Russia's invasion. Verse 13, Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take prey, to take a great spoil? Now, Sheba and Dan are Arab countries. And obviously, or evidently, I should say, these are Arab countries that are going to be anti-Russian attacking and invading. And then the younger lines will be the, the nations of the, wor of the world. And, uh, you know, probably America might be part of that. You know, England, France, those that are saying, look, we're not, or it could be NATO, you know. They're going to protest, but the Bible says it won't be effective. That Russian, these Russian forces are driving their forces south and they're going to, to occupy the land. They're coming. Daniel 11 gives more detail. Russia is identified and called the king of the north. It describes how at that time of the end, this power of, of, of Russia is going to come down in, I believe, I believe probably four phases. The second phase, it's going to go through Egypt, and I don't know if it's going to attack Egypt or it's going to be uh, accommodated by Egypt. The Bible says it caused the land that they're going to attack by land, by sea, by air, the glorious land, Daniel called it. When south to Egypt, and in Daniel eleven forty two says this, Egypt shall not escape, and I'm not sure escaping what, I'm not sure. Egypt ain't real happy with Israel right now either. And so I, me knowing these things like this, it just, it, you know, it's just amazing to me how these things are taking shape. And to me, it so far, it, it, it has every step seemingly an opportunity. So it was Yahweh positioning nations to accommodate the king to come. Once Russia comes down and whatever happens in Egypt, I don't know, in my own little mind, I don't think they're going to attack Egypt. They may not have to. They may just roll over and say, go ahead. They're going to come down, and then they're going to come back up from the south, north. They're going to turn north, and then they're going to 
claim Jerusalem. And the Bible says in Zechariah 14, 2, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city is going to fall to Russia. And it's going to look like that federation that I believe is Russia, Turkey, and Iran is going to bring under domination that whole area. But then a new political power is going to be unveiled. And can I tell you this? It ain't going to be Trump. Are y'all with me today? Huh? Y'all hearing that? I, I hope this is helping you. I said, it ain't going to be Trump. It ain't going to be Biden. His name is Yeshua. He's part of the Ecclesia political party. And the prophet declared in verse 3, Then shall Yahweh go forth and fight against those nations. Y'all come on, you're going to gather, you want to occupy Israel? Guess what? It ain't just because they're Jews or my chosen people. That's my house. That's my throne. This is my land. I promised it to Abraham. And guess what? He's going to get it. Ain't that right, Abraham? Abraham's probably right up there next to him in the line as we're heading to Jerusalem. Yeah, you promised me this. Even Iran, too. I want Iraq, Iran. That's a, y'all know where the, where the Euphrates and all those come together? I mean, that's the a, that's a Garden of Eden. Then he begins to tell about how Yahshua's feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives. What does that mean? Wherever you put your foot is yours, Abraham. Yahshua is going to come and put his foot there, Joey. He's going to stand there. And then all of a sudden, these cataclysmic upheavals of nature are going to start happening. He ain't going to have a sword. He ain't going to have a, a, a gun. He's not going to have a assault rifle. He's not going to have missiles. I think one of the missiles in Russia is called the Satan II. Wait till you get the Yahshua one. The Bible says that there will be an earthquake so great it's going to shake the whole Middle East. And these confederated forces of God are going to turn their weapons upon each other because of the fear that comes upon them. It ain't the first time God's ever done that to, to an army. I remember when, when Israel was fighting. I can't think of the nation, the country now, but they were outpowered, you know. And so David said, hey, hey, let's put the, maybe, I think it was David. But anyhow, let's put the praisers out front, he said. Well, the praisers are usually in the back. So let's put the, let's put the praisers out front. So anyhow, the enemy came, and they were expecting to have the, the, the army against them, but these were the praisers, so they got turned around, and they turned around this way to get the army, and the army they turned against was their own army, and they killed each other. You don't have to do much when you fight smart. Isn't that right? Huh? You don't have to do much. You fight smart. You don't have to do much. Just sit there and let them beat themselves up. And with Yahshua at that moment of victory, you and I have been given an opportunity to be standing right there with him. Now, you're talking about front row court, courtside seats. Huh? You're talking about box, press box seats. The Bible says this. How do I know that? Zechariah 14, 5 says, All the saints being with Yahshua at that time. All the saints. All that have received immortality. Daniel also predicted the intervention of Yahshua at that particular time. He, having, he said this, The king of the north will come to his end, and none shall help 
him. That is, he's going to come through the end by divine intervention. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble just as never since was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered. Everyone shall be found written in the book. And many, not all of them, shall sleep in the dust and shall awake. So here he is. He, they're telling us we're, we're going to get resurrected. Michael is just a, a Bible title for, for Yahshua, really. These prophecies in the Bible shows that when Russia attacks Israel, and, and I, I'm just not sure about the Egypt attack or not. I, to me, it's just not clear. Yahshua and us will already have been judged, raised from the dead, judged, either got departed to the second death, or you got your mortal bodies. And once we were grant, we granted eternal life, we're going to be with him and see the great earthquake and the exercise of Yahweh's mighty power and the warring nations at Jerusalem get overthrown and the judgment of Armageddon is going to see Israel what? Shazam! Maybe this is him! Because the reason they rejected Yahshua the first time is because they thought he was going to set the kingdom up then. Y'all listen to me. That's what it's all about. It ain't about going to heaven and all that kind of stuff. Why did they reject him? Because the Lamb came. They forgot there were two Christs, so to speak, coming. The first was the Lamb. They wanted the Lion to come. They were under Roman persecution and domination. And that's why everybody jumped on him. Yay, king, king, blah, blah, blah. And, but guess what? When he found out that he was going to die and they weren't going to get nothing at the time, everybody left. What's in it for me? They all abandoned him. But when they see this happen and they see Russia get overthrown and defeated and that Yahshua is triumphant and victorious, that's when the eyes of the Jews will be open and they're going to say, Hosanna! 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 That judgment of Armageddon will see Israel delivered first. It will see Russia overthrown and defeated. And then in the process of time, Yahshua is going to, listen to this. Can you imagine this? How many of you know what the, the Dome of the Rock is? The Dome in Jerusalem? You know, it's a holy ground to Christians and who else? Muslims. Guess what's going to happen when, when the Jews are deceived by this Antichrist, according to Christianity, and Yahshua tears that down and builds his own temple there. American Christians are going to, I rebuke him, he's the Antichrist, he's like, what he's doing. Well, that's what he's supposed to do, dummy. If you quit being so caught up in worldly stuff, you would know this. And the Muslims are going to say what they always say, that's my place, you take it away, you can't do that to us, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? It ain't going to matter. And Yahshua is going to restore the true nation of Israel. The true Israelite. Complete. Back to his former glory. Not only that, but there's going to be a rejuvenated earth. A new political overthrow. And we're going to finally have a world in this new age. Don't you? Ha I hate using new age because everybody thinks I'm new age. I said, I'm, I am new age. They're the one that stole the term. Just like gay, you know, gay, I am gay. 
Well, so was Fred and Barney. They had a gay old time. But people, but people steal words from you, don't they? I'm a new ager. Yeah, I am. Not that. I'm the real deal. Listen to this, Daniel 7, 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. What? We are given the kingdom to rule and reign as heirs and joint heirs with Yeshua. If that don't, if that don't set your wood on fire, your wood's wet. Whose kingdom is what? An everlasting kingdom. And all dominions and governments shall serve and obey him. And then, guess what? Then there's going to be, they're going to sing my song we sang this morning. I almost called you to tell you to sing it, but I didn't have to because, you know. When I heard you sing that when we came in, I'm like, okay, he's praying. He opened the veil. Thou was slain and hast redeemed us to Yahweh by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made unto us uh, us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Hallelujah. This is the gospel hope. Not going to heaven, my God. Yeshua's reign on the earth. He's going to introduce these sweeping reforms. See, everybody just thinks it's just going to happen because, bing. no, there are going to be people here and governments here. And how many of you understand that People are not going to want to submit to the kingdom of God. Ever met any of those kind of people before? You, got, you know people that don't want to do things God's way. They still want to do it their way. You think their people are going to disappear, Joey? No. They're going to say, no, I ain't bowing down. Well, you will bow. Everything's going to bow. And like they say, you can go one or two ways. Willingly, or you can see a drag mark. Because they're going to drag you there. This ain't nothing to play with. This ain't going to be, well, what about human rights? This ain't about human rights. We don't have human rights. We have God's way and no other way. And I want to tell you, I know that that will stir up the real core of our problem today, and that's self-government. The problem is we, run our, we govern our lives worse than Biden runs his country. And all the other idiots. I, mean, I said on Facebook there, thanks a lot, world leaders. You know, like, uh, what's his name? What's her name, honey? Ollie and Stan. Laurel and Hardy. Another fine mess you've got us in, Stanley. I mean, that's what I feel like, you know. Are y'all that stupid? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. They can't help themselves. That's what greed does. I said, that's what greed does. Greed, I'm going to take your, that land, I want that land. You know, uh, manifest destiny. America was birthed in that greed. I'm, oh, that's the Indians, that's your land. Okay, but we want it, we're going to take it. And what we're going to do, we're going to lie to you. We're not going to give you nothing. We're going to starve you to death. We don't care because we're more about individualism than we are family or possessions. Now, I'm going to get off that soapbox and go back to this. Yahshua ain't going to tolerate that jump. He's not going to tolerate immorality and wickedness that disgrace and is disgracing our modern civilization. He's going to destroy all the drug traffic. You don't have to worry about the borders anymore. He's going to discipline humanity. He's going to suppress violence. And he's going to say, it is against the law to have war. And if you don't do what I say, then I'm going to squash you. Go to Psalm 72 if you want to read the conditions he's going to establish. 
These powerful hands of Yeshua and us walking with him are going to take control and we're going to do it. Why, Joel? We're going to have a, a house for his what? Namesake. It's all going to be for Yahweh's namesake. All misrule, all oppression is going to be put down. Guess what? Everybody gets free health care. Y'all think that's communistic stuff. Everybody gets free health care. Everybody gets free education. See, Bernie, Bernie just can't make it happen. But when Yeshua comes, I want to tell you, it's going to be the lamb laying next to the lion. There's going to be peace and joy. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. That ain't no Christmas song. That's a song for what I'm preaching about. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace and goodwill toward men. That's not a Christmas song. So in view of that divine purpose, this is what Yahshua taught us to pray. This is what he said. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I add this, and let it begin in me. Let it begin in me. Because I'm too far into this. For me to quit now, I know I'll get second death. There's no, I, I have no excuse well, you know, I didn't really understand that Yahweh, you know, that you had to say Yahshua. I didn't really know that. You know, I used Jesus because everybody else was using it, but I didn't know that. But, so, but some people will use that, and he said, well, that's probably right. You should have Googled it. But, Johnny, you knew better. See, because I'm a teacher of the Word, I'm going to be held double accountable. These are the glorious facts of God's divine purpose as outlined in the Scriptures. And there's a chance that we are on the last page of this thing. There's a chance, and I'm going to tell you, you better get everything in order. The problem is people want to get it in order, and you really just can't decide that. It's because fear has never saved anybody. Now, we've had them come to the altar for years. You know, we scare you. Down. They used to scare me to death. You come in like a thief in the night. You're going to get left behind, and they're going to chop your head off. How many of you know that? I've watched movies where they had guillotines dropping on people's head going around America. Are you a Christian? Well, obviously I'm not. I got left behind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we got this, we got this whole mentality thing of, of, of the, the purpose of God and what he's trying to do in our lives. And I I'm, I'm really want to make sure that you and I get our lives in order now because we cannot just decide, okay, I'm going to get right with God. The first turnaround in my life was when I was 17 years old. And I used to party with adults because they had money. They had homes. They had refrigerators full of beer. I'm talking about a whole refrigerator stocked with beer. They had alcohol. They had other things. I like to party with those people. But I couldn't get away from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I put this on Facebook one time when, when I, uh, I said, you know, it was really hard for me to sin. And one of my college friends said, well, you didn't show it. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't hell-bent and determined. But on, in my, inside of me, I was tormented. I always felt guilty. I always felt convicted. I'm really happy for that. And I'll never forget, I was supposed to go on a trip with, with my best friend, Evil Knievel was going to jump the Snake River Canyon. And my friend Randall had bought a 1974 
Toyota Land Cruiser. That's when it looked like a Jeep. You remember that? Brand new, kind of a blue-gray. We were going to drive out there, go to the uh, Snake River Canyon, drive out to California, and then drive back. And right before we went, I was really just convicted. And for whatever reason, I don't remember the real reason, but I didn't go with him. And I'm really glad I didn't after he told what kind of scene it was there. I'm glad I got spared from the possibility of partaking in the kind of stuff that he told me about. Yahweh spared me in spite of me. And I remember he got back and he brought me a present. He brought me a case of Coors. Coors used to couldn't get it on this side of the Mississippi. It was like, man, and I'll never forget Brother Hennessy, my pastor, he was my pastor before Reggie's daddy was. And then he came back to that church as my pastor. And this was after he came back, I believe. Maybe not. No, I don't can't remember. But I was at Bubba Walker's house one night, and I kept that beer. I was still living at home. I kept that beer in Bubba Walker's and Dave Cray's apartment's refrigerator. And I threatened anybody who would even look at them. And I'll never forget, I went to church that night, and that daggone Brother Hennessy talked about the ret imminent return of Yeshua. He said, Jesus. I don't like him talking about that. I was fearful as a child, you know. I was scared of the rapture. I was scared of getting left behind, which I don't believe there is a rapture. But I was scared of being left behind. And there, when I, as a little boy, if it was a thunderstorm and the lightning came on a little bit longer than normal, I would run through the back of the house to see if my daddy was still there. I knew my mama wasn't going to make it. Come on, man. I, told, I preached this when she was alive. I could, I, I could hear her snoring from the other room anyhow. Anyhow, I, after, after that church service, Sunday night, I was going to go to Bubba's house and pop the top on the first, my first Coors. I get there, sitting in his living room. The kitchen's in there, uh, in the other room. I, I popped the thing. I walked in there. I was fixing to take my first swig. Now, I'm so, I'm, I apologize for making y'all real thirsty right now. Some of you are like, man, I'm going to go get me a beer when we leave here. Please don't. So I'm sitting there. They're talking about what, there was like 11 of us, or eight of, eight of us, I think it was. And they, they were talking about the message. And so I just said this. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get right before it's too late. And that daggum Bubba Walker stuck his head from the kitchen and said, well, why do we got to wait? And the next thing I know, I mean, it literally was the next thing I know. We were on our knees all bawling like babies, crying. I didn't even get to sip one sip of that Coors. And of course, I did like most people when they first get saved or get met the Lord. They, they'll, they, they used to bring the cigarettes and put them on the altar. You remember that? They'd get rock CDs and, or cassettes and they'd break them up. I said, don't do that. Keep it because when you backslide tomorrow, you're going you're to have to just pay more money for it. Why don't, why wait? Let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you why you can't wait. Because you can't wait. Because you're not going to be, you ain't, they ain't no last minute stuff here. Because you've got to have something. You know, you're always going to look at your finances. You're going to look at how you, how you feel about others. About forgiveness. He's going to look about this. This is something that is real. But see, we don't, we don't see the reality of it. 
I was hoping that somehow in, in this world today that we would see what's going on and it'd be something that would change us. But we've been so hardened by all the murders and war movies we've seen and the killings and the deaths that we've seen. We're not really created to see but a few deaths in our lives. But yet we've seen thousands and thousands on TV and war. So in our minds, we don't really take it seriously because we don't think we're going to get affected. But when, like in Germany today, when there's no more uranium to run our, our nuclear plants, then you're going to do like Germany's doing today. They're having to burn wood in the winter now because their economy is so bad. Are you trying to scare us? I wish I could scare you into it, but you can't be scared into to repentance. It's a gift from God. It's just a gift from God. You can get scared to make, you know, not drink, not drink the beer for a day or two. What does God, what does the world want? I tell you what, we know what it has now. Toil, suffering, frustration, sickness, evils, depression, death. I mean, we, have, we know we got all this stuff because that's all this world can do. But yet we still think we're going to get blood out of a turnip and it does not work. My God, how long is it going to take you to realize it? These woes are not going to happen to us forever. The times of the Gentiles have run their course. And I can tell you, I don't know when, but I know it's closer than it was yesterday. Churches today don't know much about this stuff. They're pre preoccupied with going to heaven, you know, and all that. And really, they don't even care about hell anymore. They're going to live like they want to. Most people are entangled and drunk with Adam's world and try to want to be like the world. Too stupid to know that the God of this world is never appeased. Too stupid to realize that they're trying to be like the world. That will drive you into the ground. Perfectionism, workaholism, control, accumulation, greed. That kind of stuff dominates the attempt to achieve the world's standard of success. I see it over and over and over. And what's worst of all, to me, it makes, it's what kind of stuff that makes people drink and medicate themselves. And worst of all, want to come to me and expect sympathy for you chasing the world? You want me to help you from the problems that you brought upon, inflict upon yourself because you want to live in the world? I can't help that. It's not an affliction, it's an infliction. I think is how I said it before. I can expect myself to walk in the blessing of God when I refuse to walk in the blessing of God. I want to tell you there is no solution. There is no solution of this aimless, perpetual drifting of sorrowing and this sinning world. There's no help. There's no solution. There's no answer. Yahshua's return and His earthly reign and the reward of eternal life, such as the Bible teaches, is the only thing that provides any type of real, true, substantial hope. And I'm going to tell you, nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to die, but all would be pleased. Everybody would like to see things change in this world and be better. How many of you believe that? I don't want to die, but I sure would like some things to change and it would be a better world. You know, I get a, I get a, a thing in my stomach because of my concern of what could happen. It's like a, a little ache there because the reality of people who, you know, just don't, aren't serious about the things of God. So polarized over here, 
We're going to watch TV about wars that we've always seen. It never become reality to us. And I hope, honestly, I hope it never does in that way. But I want to see the world delivered from all this stuff. Wickedness, woe, sin, war, rumors of wars. And then to enjoy an unending life in a world of peace and love. Wouldn't that be something? Maybe I am a golden ager. Maybe I am. I don't mean, I don't mean by being old. The golden age is prophesied and wanted by every religion. And they got it and heard it from the true gospel. Can I tell you this? This right here is my Bible. And I say that because not only does this have access to any Bible version known to man, but it has thousands of hours of study and research and revelation and knowledge that God has given to me and that I have researched to understand this Bible. And what I'm preaching to you today, this only hope, I can tell you, the Bible is offering this to you today. Yahweh is offering it to us today. If He didn't want you to be part of His family and heirs and joint heirs, I promise you, you wouldn't even be here today. There may be an exception, but I don't think so. God bless y'all.